Let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step by step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me, my time is now, now, now. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the Massive Joe's Show podcast, episode 10. And I'm joined by a couple of couple of usual special guests, I would go so far as to say. Are we fucking... I'm not a guest on your podcast. Well, I think that's what he just said. Well, is that what you just is, said? No, because I did some reflection... <laughs> Honestly, before this episode, because this is, we're double digits now, man. Yeah. This is episode number 10. Yeah. And I was going back and I was like, fuck, because, uh, you know, you shoot the podcast, you can't really remember what you talk about. And so I'm going back and I'm like, I've actually done a lot of interviews mm. where Neve hasn't been in the podcast well, and you've only been in fucking two episodes. Well, so, you go, yes, you are special guests. When you go travel without me. Exactly. And you did a few in America, which was quite, yeah. <laughs> Look at you, you're so upset. It's throwing me off. This is not a good start to work <laughs> off. This is a horrible start. I'm just throwing a spatter of the works. Anyway, I am your host. <laughs> he thinks his name's on the fucking building as Mate. well. Massive Joe's CEO, Joseph Mansell. I'm joined by Massive Joe's general manager, the Big Neve. Hello. And a Massive Joe's distribution manager, the Big Swole Bear. How's it doing? We are at episode ten, fellas. I feel like we need to like have like some sort of we'll significant ha- celebration. We'll have for a party later. Ah, oh, de- definitely, definitely. We are actually. Uh, well, those of you watching this, uh, as opposed to listening to it, would know that we have a different environment for this episode ten of the Massive Joe Show. We're actually shooting in the the boardroom at MJHQ. Why were you actually in here instead of the filming studio? Well, because it's a nicer environment. Joe doesn't actually know this, but we're actually going to have a mutiny as soon as this well, uh, podcast yeah. is over, and he I will do, no longer be I feel be like CEO. we've changed the sitting positions as well, so I feel like I'm being interrogated <laughs> by you, are. you guys. Anyway, we have a uh, a very interesting topic of discussion for you guys in this episode 10 of the Massive Joe Show podcast, something that spans across both fitness and business. And that is, of course, patience and consistency. So we're going to be talking about patience and consistency with reference to health and fitness and the fitness lifestyle, as we always do. And then we're going to flip the script. We're going to talk about the exact same topics, patience and consistency in the realm of business, career development, and just overall work. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about this uh, recently, and this is where the idea came up for this episode of The Massive Joe Show was I was talking to you guys about it, and I was like, man, there's so many parallels between – the health and fitness lifestyle and what we're trying to achieve with our bodies, whether it be an aesthetic-based goal, a strength-based goal, a performance-based goal, and what we're trying to achieve with our careers, whether we be business owners, employees, uh, you know, whatever your career looks like, uh, the way that you try and advance your career. And there's so many similarities. There's so many parallels between the two. But then there's a lot of parallels that break down as well. And I think that uh, patience and consistency across across both, and in particular, the lack of patience and consistency mm. both in the health and fitness lifestyle and in career development, is something that we can uh, we can draw a parallel between the two. So I want to start off with fitness, fellas, and talk about this lack of patience and consistency that ultimately, and I've seen many many times, uh, lead to people not achieving their particular fitness goal. What do you reckon, JB? Man, it's well you've been you've been in this industry been in this long, game for a long time, long, but I long, think it's in the fitness industry longer than I have been. 
Well, I think, you know, it's it's people's attitude. It's, you know, you want everything now, yeah. you know, and that's that's the yeah. problem is everyone, you know, want that goal physique, they want it straight away. Thank you know, you. they're not prepared to put in the hard work uh, and grind it out for years and years and years. They see pictures in, it used to be used to be magazines, yeah. you know, you'd see photos of, you know, Ronnie Coleman. Muscle and, Mag. Yeah, Australian Iron, Muscle Iron, Mag. Iron Man, Iron, fuck, I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. but anyway, <laughs> so and that now it's obviously social media yeah. where they see these people and go, man, I want that's what I want to look like. I want yeah. to be like that. Yeah, and and think that that's going to happen, you know, in two or three months. Yeah, you know that you know they're going to start going to the gym and then all of a sudden they're just going to be jacked, shredded, and they got the goals that they want are going to be reached when yeah. they don't see that the pictures that they see on whether it's social media, magazines, or videos that mm-hmm. there's been years and years and years and years of grinding it out in the gym and working hard to get to that goal physique mm-hmm. um, or, or whatever it might be, even even in your the sporting accolades, you know, that it takes years and years of training to get you to that top level. Correct. Um, but people aren't prepared to do that. That's everything, right. they want everything now, so they're going to take shortcuts to get there, whatever they need to do and just to try and get that goal physique. In reality, it's it's even with the shortcuts, it's still going to take years and years and years, but people don't understand the work that goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get people to where they want to get to. And I, I, I want to be a little bit careful here because we have done an episode on realistic expectations. Of course. And there is obviously a fair bit of overlap between having <clears throat> an unrealistic expectation that therefore kind of feeds into the lack of patience. But there is a distinct, def, uh, a, a distinct divide between mm. the two as well because you can have realistic realistic expectations and know, you know what, I understand that it's going to take me five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever the number may be to reach my fitness goal and still have lack of patience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is a divide. So let's just let's just get rid of the uh, the unrealistic expectations because we have we went balls deep mm. in another episode of the Massive Joe Show on that. And let's just talk about once you've established the realistic expectation, why is it that you still and I see it so many times, you still have a lack of patience when it comes to achieving that realistic health and fitness goal. Where does that come from? It's man, I don't know whether it is the like an attitude of people now that you know. As soon as you, and you know, I'm guilty of this too. You know, you see yeah. something you want to buy it. Yeah. You know, you're not prepared to. You, you know, want it right now. Exactly. And you know, you look at people who've got Give credit. It to you, me, they've got credit cards. You can go get loans. It's like, man, I, I want it. I want it now. Rather than putting in the hard work. Yeah. And going well, you know what? I'll save up for this and I'll buy it in you know twelve months time or whatever it might be. It's yeah. you see it, you want it. You want straight away, so yeah. I think it's it's just I'm not sure whether it's an attitude that's changed over the years, yeah, but it's definitely a lot more prevalent now than what I think it used to be. I think it's an understanding of people, you know, years ago used to know the hard work that had to go into whatever it might be with your your health and fitness goals. Like I said, this isn't just aesthetic based stuff. This is training for sports and things like that. That yeah, un- people understood the work that has to go into it. Yeah. And I guess we're more patient with it than what they are now. I think I think it does come down to a lot of it though being social media though. You reckon? I think you so. Think it ties back to, to because because when I was at the gym yeah. and everyone was there and everyone when I was eighteen, nineteen at Limbo or those kind of gyms is yeah. you had your freaks like your Matt Brinoli's when I was, I was I like bringing him up in the thing. You but, do, <laughs> but like guys like that that were deadlifting got more or, more comments than I have. Or um, or like I went to um my year eight um. Mass teacher was yeah. was Danny Craig, who was a Mister Australia yeah. um, bodybuilder, and the thing was, is though you saw those 
guys who are in the upper echelon. Yeah. Like so that that amazing physique or that amazing strength or those kind of things. Yeah. But then everyone else really was just like you. Like you went to the gym and it was just everyday mm. gym rats, I guess, mm. or, or guys that had good beach bodies, but you didn't have that expectation of what you could look like except for the magazines really. Yeah. Whereas now you go to social media and you flick through your your feed or you flick through the things that may interest you or whatever, and every yeah. single photo, especially for, I guess for us guys because we follow a lot of fitness pages, is all of it is when I've flicked through my highlights or whatever you want to call them, mm. every one of them is just shredded dudes yeah. because it's, it's in that fitness lifestyle, it's in that situation. So yeah. when it, I can't look, I can't not look at my every time I pick up my phone, I can't not look at Facebook or Instagram without seeing. Like a shredded dude, or yeah. or for a girl, a sports model with their fucking ass out, or whatever yeah. it may be. But it makes you. I think. I think when I was younger, I thought, look, I'm on the right track mm. because my mates all I look maybe a little bit better than my mates, or I'm a little bit stronger than my mates, so I'm doing well in comparison to things. But mm. then, if you look at every day, looking at these dudes or on on Instagram, you start thinking, why can't I look like that? And how do I look like that? And you start getting that. That want to look more like but that. But why do you why do you think that leads to lack of patience? You know it's what I'm saying? Just, like I'm saying, like you know, we're we're, we're talking, we're going to, we're going a step further now, right? So we're mm. going, okay, you, you see that shit, and then there's the group of people who who just have the unrealistic expectation where they're like, you know, I can look like. I that think it's just year. modern society. But I'm talking about people who get, like the, you get it, right? You understand that it's going to take five, 10, 15, 20 years to achieve your goal physique or achieve your goal strength level or achieve your level of performance. You get it. It's because we live but in a there's so- still a lack of patience. But it's because we live in a society where everything is so readily available. But you know what the crazy thing is? You don't as have well. to wait for anything in our life. What do you have to wait for? This is true. If you want a video, you 100%. get it off your phone and got ne- yeah. you got your Netflix yeah. app. If it's you there, if you want right food, away. you've got Uber Eats. Yeah. You don't have to wait for shit. Yeah. But you know what the craziest thing is as well is is now, because, you know, uh, we, we have better health care, we take better care of our bodies, we're more educated, so on and so forth, we have more time. <clears throat> so we should technically be more patient. But it's almost like we've got more time and we've become less patient mm. because we want shit right away. Well, it's like it's so crazy, the whole concept of it. It just doesn't, like it doesn't fit. Yeah, but you say that, man, you've got more time, but, yeah. you know, people try and cram more shit into their day every single day and try and get more stuff done. And True. Think, you know, yeah. like every day is their last and, uh, you know, every year they have to get so much more done to achieve more than they did the last year. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. The whole time is skewed because people are trying to squeeze so much more shit into their day. You know, it's it, it just it, it blows my mind, man, because I think for the most part it really comes down to actually just giving it some thought. Mm. You know, like if you actually just stop for a second and go, you know, why why is it that I want this shit right here right now? You know, when I know realistically how long it's going to take, why can't I just exert a little bit of patience? Mm. We were talking last night mm. on the way back from the gym and we were talking about my fitness goals, yeah. about getting to the Olympia stage and, you know, ultimately winning an Olympia. Mm. And I was talking to you as a – ten. We, we were discussing it. I said mm. 10 years, mm. right? That's what we were talking yeah. about in the car. I'm like, I know I have like 10 years probably left as a competitive athlete in this sport, so I'm going to plan what I'm going to do to that 10-year period. For most people, that's just fucking unfathomable yeah. to even think at that scale because that's just way too fucking long. And Man. I've already been in this game, you know, competing for 15 years, yeah. and I'm still exerting the patience on a 10-year 
scale. Mm. If you, man, but if you said to anybody, oh, you're yeah. going to re- achieve this goal in 10 years, most people would just throw in the towel. Most people just would just go, man, fuck if it. I'm not getting it in 12 months, see you later. Two exactly. years, maybe. And this is what is just so fascinating to me is that, is that, I, that lack of patience. I think it comes incredible. down to as well, man, is yeah. that, you know, everyone, you know, and we, we say this a bit at, at work is, you know, everyone wants the the destination. Yeah. But they're not prepared to just enjoy the journey and enjoy the process. hundred percent. You know, and for me, you know, in my training personally, yeah. I, you know, I'm all about the process. I couldn't give a shit where my physique goes to in 10 years time. Yeah. I don't even think about it. Yeah. I enjoy the process of pushing it to the limit every single day. So yeah. rather than thinking about my goal of I want to be here, yeah. you know, I, I just enjoy the process. And that way, you know, you just go at it every the, single day and thing, you'll get to where you want to get to, but there's no set goal there. So the, do the you thing re- is, I don't know, but the thing is, is though, is our, our goal and our reasons for training are a lot different to other people's training reasons. Yeah, 100%. And that's which, why I which, do, do want to... Which is why, like, our... For I know, like you and I were talking about it last yeah. night, or you know, she was yesterday in, in Weekly Web. We're talking about it. Is yeah. my goal? I go to the gym because it makes me feel better, and I do it for mental health, sure. as well as obviously I, I yeah. like to look bigger and yeah. stronger, those mm. kind of things. Yeah. But I do it from a mental health perspective as well, because that's my time where I can go and fucking forget everything and just go train and yeah. and enjoy it's th- myself. It's therapeutic. It's but meditative. The thing is, if you're a guy who just wants to fucking get a six pack to get fucking girls, yeah, well, you don't have that same love for training or, or yeah. you, you just want yeah. you again want, you want the destination yeah. you don't want yeah. the journey you yeah. want you just want girls you you don't you 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 don't really like doing weights you, yeah you don't really live the lifestyle like we live it yeah so you don't really care about the about the long run you just want that six pack or those abs to get a girl at the fucking nightclub on a saturday night and i feel like now like this is this is really where we need to get to with this and this is what i love about this podcast because we we, we come into these podcasts and we kind of know what we're going to talk about but we don't really know <laughs> <laughs> how we're going to get there um and i'm 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 happy that that we're at this point because I feel like this is the explanation that I'm after. And I, I honestly am asking the question to you guys. I'm like, yeah. why is there this lack of yeah. patience? And I'm so happy that you touched on it, JB, because I feel like this is exactly the problem is there's so much focus on the destination. Yeah. There's so much focus on the end goal. There's so much focus on the the reward from the input that people forget that the journey mm. and the process is the most important part. Yeah. So they're continuously chasing this destination. They're continuously chasing this goal physique or this goal number if they're a strength-based athlete or this goal level of performance if they're a performance-based athlete. And they want to get there as quick as possible. So that's where the lack of patience comes from. And then the lack of patience then leads to a lack of consistency mm. because they're jumping from one training program to another, one dieting method to another, to another, to another, because they're not getting to the destination as quickly as they want. And it becomes almost so convoluted and so circular that you just can't get out of the rut. Yeah. And really, I think the best way to get out of the rut is to understand that the journey is so much more important than the destination. Oh, absolutely, man. But the one thing you did touch on there was was the consistency of it as yeah. well. And, yeah. you know, when you're talking about people chopping and changing and wondering why the hell they're not getting results, it's yeah. because they don't stick to something for a certain period of time. Because they're focused on the destination. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, what you're doing at the moment with, yeah. with you know, you're trying to obviously put on size and put on weight and you've yeah. got this process of, right, I'm going to keep increasing my calories. And, you know, some people would go, oh, you know, it's not working after three months, you know, I, yeah. I'm, just, you know I'm just getting fat or yeah. – and just go, so I'm not going to do it anymore. And then yeah. go back to, to dieting or something where they're, they're, they feel more comfortable. Yeah. You know, so, and that's, you know, I guess we touched on this in the last podcast about getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people, they don't have that consistency to go, right, I'm just going to slowly chip away at this. 
and yeah. slowly chip away at my training and slowly increase my weights and increase my volume and, and my diet. I'm slowly going to chip away at that and I'm going to increase the calories to get to me to where I need to get to that way. Yeah. And that's the problem is then they just go, well, you know, I just, I'll, I'll go back to doing this and I'll go back mm. to doing that. Oh, no, I've heard this, this might work. So I'll, I'll try keto for a few weeks mm. instead of just going, man, this is what's going to work. Plan it out and then just go right and boom. You, you, it might take you two years. It might take you three years of eating the same foods and training the same way. Ma- the thing is it doesn't matter how long it fucking takes you. No. Because it's all part of the journey. Yeah. Right? So if you, if you have a goal and it takes you five years to get that goal or it takes you ten years to get that goal, it doesn't fucking matter. The thing is, man, you, if you look at like especially your physique and even if you look at performance-based sports, you know, you yeah. might get to a goal but then the goal changes again. Well, you know, and it, this yeah. is the other thing is, you know, people go, oh, I've got a five-year goal. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. At, at the end of five years, that goal is going to change. Yeah. You know, it might change after two years. Yeah. You know, that goal is always going to be fluid. It's always going to be moving. Mm. So, you know, don't get caught on this is where I want to get to because newsflash for you guys, you're probably never going to get there. Mentally, it's going to change. It's going to keep evolving to the point where, you know, your 10-year goal is, you know, then there's a 20-year goal and then everything's going to be moving all the time. So you don't get too fixated on this is where I need to get to because it's a never-ending road. That's the thing as well is comparing yourself to social media, but it's also comparing yourself to other people and and your mates, for example, Mm -hmm. and not focusing, as you said, on your own personal goals. Like if I had a personal – if I sat here and thought, oh, fuck, Joey's got bigger arms than me or Mm -hmm. JB's got bigger quads than me or I'm leaner than – Joey looks at me and says, oh, Steve's leaner than me or whatever Mm -hmm. that kind of thing that might be, is – you're going to be in that mindset of straight away of, of wanting that tomorrow. I want bigger arms next to Joe tomorrow. Whereas if you focus on yourself and I yeah. think, oh, fuck, if I can get my arms to grow from 18 to 18 and a half in yeah. six months' time, is you're setting yourself that short, achievable goal. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I'm never going to look like you. I'm never, if I set myself to have a physique like John Cena, I'm, I don't have the same same body structure or, or composition or those or kind of genetics things. Or, or any, genetics. Like anything. There's that's so thing, many variables. Another, but that's another thing as well is genetics plays – and it's something I was, I was uh, wrote in my notes before is genetics. Mm. Like if people like use like powerlifting, for example, and people say to me, well, how do you get a 300-kilo deadlift or 310-kilo deadlift? Yeah. The thing is, the first time I ever deadlifted, I'd pulled 220 off the ground yeah. and deadlifted 220, and that's most people haven't pulled over 200. Come straight out the tank. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Is like, pulled 220. But, that, but a lot of that, because I, was, because I was 18 or 19 when I did it, and the first yeah. time I deadlifted, I'd been landscaping for – so I'd been used to manual labour and lifting heavy shit. Yeah. Plus, I'd been playing footy and a lot of sprinting, so I had that fast-twitch muscle fibres Yeah. Um, as well as, yeah, like the, the explosiveness plus long arms plus – yeah, as I said, a strong back from carrying pavers and wheelbarrows and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my genetics were were perfect for something like deadlifting. So the the thing is, is though, is people will compare yourself and say, "Why has Steve got a three hundred kilo deadlift? Like, yeah. why don't I have a three hundred kilo deadlift?" And then they'll try and that. I mean, that's the thing is that's what people do. Is how can they get there? Whereas I, my deadlift only grew eighty kilos. Yeah. But if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, somebody might have grown their deadlift from one hundred to to 200 and they put 100 kilos, they've increased their deadlift by 50%. Yeah. Uh, or 100%. But whereas I've, yeah, only gone from 220 to 300 and haven't really made that much greater percentage gains as somebody else or I haven't yeah. really put on as many kilos as somebody else, but they're comparing themselves to me, for example. Whereas, in fact, if they're focusing on themselves and their own numbers, they're, they're, they've had a better mm-hmm. progress than I have. I think that that again comes back to social media, though, mm. and everyone you know compares themselves to everyone else. You know that old saying that the grass well, is always greener. Everyone on the compares other... themselves to other people's highlights. Yeah, is is the problem? Yeah, you and know, you know the grass yeah, is always yeah. greener on the other side type type of attitude. When yeah. in reality, if you just focus on you know watering your own lawn, mm. 
you know, it's going to be so much greener than everyone else's anyway. So if people get caught in that that mindset of, oh, you know, like like Steve said, oh, you know, Steve's got a better deadlift than me and, and, and this, rather than just focusing on, right, how can I improve my deadlift? And my deadlift is at, say, 200 at the moment, but I want to get it to 250. What's the journey look like in that? Exactly. And that's, you know, where people get caught out and go, man, I just need to get to 250. It's like, no, that's that's not that's not what it's, you want to do. It's results-based thinking, right? Yeah. It's destination-based thinking. And, you know, there, there is – it becomes a little bit blurry as well because, you know, we're very big on goal setting, mm. right? And and you, I'm a big believer in, in goal setting and in particular smart goal setting because you need to know, you know, where you're heading. Mm. You need to know at least, you know, what the destination looks like. Yeah. But then it's about, okay, how do you approach that destination mm. and having awareness that how you get there – is even more important than when you get there. Well, if you don't have a plan to how you're going to get there, you are never going to get there. Well, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. Another thing that we, you know, we talk about a lot in in a bunch of our content, and this really kind of touches on the consistency side, is when it comes to reaching a health and fitness goal, it's really about IIFYL, if it fits your lifestyle. So – whether your goal is aesthetic-based, strength-based, performance-based, whatever it is, and you're trying to figure out the best way to achieve that particular goal, the most important concept is doing things that fit your lifestyle. Dieting in a way that fits your lifestyle, training in a way that fits your lifestyle, supplementing in a way that fits your lifestyle. And the reason why that's so important is because it's going to get you the best consistency Mm. over the longest period of time. And we know because we've been doing this some fucking years now, we know that the one variable that will determine success or non-success on a health and fitness journey or, or trying to achieve a health and fitness goal is how consistent can you be and how long can you maintain that consistency? Yeah, 100%. So if you're trying to do things that don't fit your lifestyle, let's say, for example, you really like eating carbs, just as an example, and you go and you know, try the keto diet, mm. that's not going to fit your lifestyle. So you're going to do it for a short period of time, a month, two months, three months, six, whatever the period is, in the big scheme of things, is going to be short. And you're going to not do it for longer than that short period of time because it doesn't fit your lifestyle. Yeah. And therefore, you start to lack consistency. Same with training, same with supplementation, same with every different aspect of the health and fitness lifestyle. If you're not doing things that fit your lifestyle, you're just not going to be consistent with them for long enough. Yeah. And you're going to be chopping and changing and it's going to affect your ability to reach a health and fitness goal. I think I think that the only thing that you have to be aware of with if it fits your lifestyle yeah. is to be realistic with the results you're going to get with those particular choices that you've put into IIFYL. And this, and this is why it ties straight yeah, back to which patients. Is the thing. They're so related. Which is the thing is, I mean, like I, as we've been there before, I don't like dieting. But I have, I'll eat healthy throughout the day and then lately post-workout I'll have, I've been having like a foot-long sub and three cookies every day post-workout. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm getting my carbs in post-workout. I know that's where it works for me. Mm-hmm. It fits my lifestyle because I can still get that fucking – the food I enjoy and my cookies, but I'm using it post-workout when the glycogen – when I can use the, the the food as muscle glycogen replenishment. Yeah. The thing I have to be aware of, of that if that select um, choice of if it fits my lifestyle mm-hmm. is I'm not going to be sitting at 6 or 7%, which may be a goal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be aware that if I do want to get and tighten shit up, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to remove that, which isn't actually going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. 
and then it was going to make me hate dieting, which is going to have the adverse effect of what I've set out to do. 100%. So that's the thing. You get a lot of consistency. So that's the thing is you have to be aware of your choices of if it fits your lifestyle, but realize that to get to where you want to be is probably the best avenue to go down. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because it's going to allow you to be consistent mm. for the longest period of time. Mm. And that's the thing, man, is like if you look at, you know, try like you said before, consistency is that key and it's, it comes to, together with not only with your diet but with your training and people always ask, you know, what, what's the best time to train? Yeah. It's like, man, when can you fit it in the best time in the day? If you yeah. have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to train because, you know, you've got kids at home or whatever it might be but that's the best time that you can train, then you do it. Yeah. You know, if it's that you have to train at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, then you do it. There's no one set rule for everybody to say this is the time that you have to do it or, you know, there's no one set diet that works. Yeah. You find whatever has to work for you and that's what you run with. That's the thing is you have and to- you run with it for as long as you possibly can. And as you said, find out what works for you. A lot of, a lot of people have issues and like one thing that sort of springs to mind is if you go on, a lot of young guys will go and watch um, like Pumping Iron 2. Mm-hmm. It focuses around yeah. Callum Von Moger a lot. Yeah. You look at Callum and he fucking fucks around all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's-, he's Aussie Larrikin, I mean, he's fucking, who wouldn't like him? But the thing is, like, he looks at his dieting and he eats burgers for every meal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't weigh food. I think he weighed, the only thing he weighed was his rice and water combo because he's like, because that was the only thing he knew how to measure. He mm. didn't know how to count calories. and mm-hmm. But that's because he's a genetically fucking he's 1%. A he's a freak. Yeah. And he doesn't have to do those things. So that's, again, when we go back to don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Yeah. You can't go eat like Callum does and you can't go fuck around like Callum does mm. and you can't, because... He just look. He's got those bodies that just looks at a weight stack and he'll put on muscle. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone hates those kind of guys. But the thing is, that he can get away with it, and it works. Works for him. Yeah, it works for his lifestyle because he doesn't like, as he said in the in the documentaries, he doesn't like counting food. He doesn't know how to. If, yeah. he, if he starts doing that shit, he, he buzzes out. The thing is, he's found what works for him. Burgers work for him. Not counting calories work for him. But it's not going to work for everyone else in the population. Mm-hmm. So don't. Yeah, go trying to say, well, this works for Callum, so this is going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Find out what works for you, find out what works for your body, but also fits into your lifestyle. That's why it's if it fits your lifestyle, yeah. mm. not if it fits someone yeah. else's Callum's lifestyle. lifestyle. You know, not if it fits the your famous uh, your Instagram Fitzbo's lifestyle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Your lifestyle. Mm. So I think before we flip the script and go to business, I just want to give some real practical advice mm. to the to the listeners and, and the viewers on this this issue of lack of patience and lack of consistency when it comes to the health and fitness lifestyle. And you guys just jump in if you think I'm, you know, missing anything. But I think the first step really is the realistic expectation side of things. So understand what is realistic, right? Define in terms of your health and fitness goals, what is a realistic expectation? Keeping in mind your age, your genetics, the goal you're trying to achieve, so on and so forth. That's step one. Step two is exert a little bit of awareness in how long it's going to take for you to achieve a particular health and fitness goal. Understand and actually think about it. Don't just kind of just put it out there and go, yeah, look, I know it's going to take me 10 years. Actually, like understand it's going to take 10 years or whatever that number may be and give some thought to that that is therefore going to allow you to exert patience when you're trying to reach that health and fitness goal. The next step is going to be understanding that the journey is as important, if not more important, than the destination. So don't solely focus on that five-year goal, that 10-year goal, so on and so forth. Focus on every single day and the small little baby steps that you're taking towards achieving that goal because that defines the journey and the journey really is what it's all about. Mm. Then the next step is 
to figure out what fits your lifestyle when it comes to dieting, when it comes to training, when it comes to supplementation and all aspects of health and fitness because that's what's going to make the journey enjoyable. That's what's going to allow you to attain a level of consistency for a long enough period of time that's actually going to get you to that goal, wherever that goal may be and however long it takes you to get there. And that's what's going to make the journey more important than the destination. Mm. Would you guys agree? 100%, man. And I think the biggest thing there is, you know, you don't know how long this journey is going to be. Yeah. You know, it, 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 whether it's a performance-based sport or, you know, aesthetic-based sports like we're talking about, yeah. you could be, you know, for, even if you look at football, you could be playing for 12 months, you could be playing for 20 years. Yeah. So understand that if you can put things in place that are going to allow you to be consistent every single day, mm-hmm. you're going to go the journey. Mm-hmm. If you're forcing the issue – you're not going to get there, you know. If you're for, if you don't, if you don't, you don't like eating broccoli, but you're saying I have to eat broccoli. Yeah, you're not going to eat it for more than a week, mm-hmm. you know. So don't do that. Don't force the issue on anything. Mm-hmm. It should be something that you can do every single day and enjoy it. Like we said, the journey is more important than the destination. And understand that you know these things are so interrelated. You know, if you start losing consistency, you start losing patience. If Mm. you start losing patience, the destination becomes more important than the journey and everything unravels very quickly. Mm. On the flip side, if you're able to be consistent, the journey becomes enjoyable. It becomes more easy to exert patience Mm. and it doesn't matter how long it takes you to reach your goal. So these, they're so intertwined. The other thing as well with with a physique though. Yeah. I've never met anyone who says that they are happy with their physique. Ever. And that's well, what the goalposts are always changing. Yeah, which is what we said before. Always changing. Is I know a lot of times people say, oh, look, yeah. I'll get to 90, 95 kilos at 6% body fat. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck, my arms are a bit small. Yeah. yeah. So they're right, at man. their, like, so it's, that's the thing is, is if that's where you need to be, it's a never ending, really, a physique is, but is a never ending. This is why the journey is so much more. Well, that's why you have to. I en- honestly believe the journey is more important than the destination. That's why you have to enjoy the journey because if yeah. you get into bodybuilding, it's going to be a fucking 50 year journey. It's a well, never no, no, ending journey. Never ending. It I'm never gonna stops. Die, I'm going to die at some stage. Well, well, no, <laughs> even saying yeah. that though, like you've been training what for say 15, 16 years now. Mm. Has, have you got to a point ever where you've gone, I'm there. No. Or I'm even perfect. even close to that. But even tell if you, you reach that point, let's say hypothetically you reach that point, you, then what happens? What, you just keep training? <laughs> <laughs> like what happens? Do you go, I've re- you know, I, I've achieved my health and fitness goal, hand I'm in, out. Hand in your gym membership, I'm see out. you later. Mm. I'm done with this but lifestyle. Like it's, 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 it's the, you, this is, you can't focus on it's, the And that's that attitude 100%. of, especially with, you know, performance, uh, sorry, with physique-based sports, you're always wanting more and yeah. always wanting to be better. That's yeah. why you're never going to get there. Yeah. You know, like Steve said, you're going to get to your 95 kilos at 6% body fat and then go, you know what? My biceps are a bit small. Or yeah. oh, shit, I should work on my calves. Yeah. Or mm. it's always you're never going to get to that goal that you want to get to because yeah. once you get there, it's going to change. Or just before you get there, it might change. Yeah, you, you know what? I can get to 100 kilos at 6% body fat. Mm. It's always going to be, like you said, the goalposts are always moving. Always. Moving. So you're never going to win. Okay, understand that. Before you get into this stuff, you're never ever going to win. Yeah. It's all about playing the game. Yeah. All right? So that's just one thing that you guys have to understand. And I think, you know, that – that's really probably a good place to leave the fitness side of this is, of this podcast is, you know, give it some thought. Mm, like absolutely. Actually, like actually, and even go the hypothetical like I just did. You know, you've got your goal, whatever. What happens when you achieve it? <laughs> you know, like let's say that you achieve the perfect physique or you get the numbers you're trying to lift or your performance is exactly where it needs to be. Then what happens? Well, man, I think in, in performance-based sports, that's where you actually retire. 
but, but you know, no, for, you go to the next level. Well, and the next level until you your body starts goal. breaking down, and then you retire. But the thing is, I mean, you look at someone like Conor McGregor, yeah, who's two-time champion, yeah, and then he went into boxing. I mean, yeah. like the, yeah. the goalposts change. You, just yeah. your goalposts change. Obviously, it was probably uh, there's a fair bit of money behind that decision. Oh, of course, but, the but the thing is, the goalposts will change, and he yeah. and he had a new destination. He had a new journey, which is learning how to box. Hundred uh, percent. So yeah, it's it's never changed, especially for people that are driven like Conor McGregor. Yeah, those yeah. goalposts will never change. So well, give it, give it, always keep moving, sorry. You know, give it, the, the takeaway I think for the listeners and the viewers is, is give it some actual thought. Like actually think about it. Well, and, and Understand yeah. that the destination, the goals are always going to change. Yeah. Understand that the journey is more important than the destination. Understand that doing things that fit your lifestyle are absolutely crucial for long-term consistency and longevity in the health and fitness game. Mm. And that that is in turn going to allow you to exert incredible patience over your health and fitness journey. And, and you're just going to fucking crush. And have realistic expectations. Of course. That's the first step. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the, the most important thing there, as we spoke about, man, is just that process and enjoy yeah. the process. Enjoy yeah. going to the gym every day. Enjoy making yourself a better person and you'll yeah. get to the goal that you want to get to. That's it. Smart and then, goals. And, and then change it. Smart yeah, and then change it again. <laughs> and then go again. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's head over to the business segment of the Massive Joe Show. And we're going to talk about the exact same topic, the exact same dilemma, the exact same thing that we've been noticing, the lack of patience, lack of consistency in regards to business, career development, employment, work in general. And there are a lot of parallels here with the fitness lifestyle. And one thing that, you know, that, that I see time and time again from my perspective is definitely in the business realm, people that run their own business, people that are uh, quote unquote entrepreneurs, people that want to get into their own business is this just complete lack of patience when it comes to building a business. Mm. Just a complete, and once again, to differentiate between realistic and unrealistic expectations, like having a, having the the awareness to know how long it's going to take to build, let's say, a million dollar business, understanding that it's not a six month project, it's not a twelve month project, but still getting frustrated when the shit takes so long. Yeah, lack of patience when it comes to business that then leads to pivoting or changing direction or changing industry or changing business model or changing something that therefore leads to lack of consistency and these quote-unquote entrepreneurs end up running around in fucking circles because they're <laughs> impatient mm. and they lack consistency and they just pivot, 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 pivot and achieve nothing. Yeah. I think, man, it even goes deeper than your, your entrepreneurs as well. It's the same even for, for employees. Well, that's that 100%. If you want to get, you know, they get deeper is, you know, people, they go to uni for four years, they get a degree and then yeah. all of a sudden they get a job and they think that they they can justify the fact they have to earn 100 grand straight off the bat. Yeah. It's like, man, you went to university for four years, sure, but yeah. what do you actually know about this job? You don't know shit. You don't know anything. You are a rookie. You're a baby. So- you know, and that's the thing is they think just because they've gone to uni for four years that all of a sudden they're, you know, the master of the universe and that they, you know, they deserve something. Yeah. And we've, seen than, that, we've seen that here firsthand. Oh, absolutely, man. Especially with, like, marketing managers we've had. Yeah. Well, without naming sure. names. But the thing is they've come in, they've come in and they, they, but they haven't known anything about the industry. Yeah. They've come in demanding all this money. Yeah. They've, they've 
gone to uh, implement tactics they've they've learned at uni, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have real life crossover. No, especially when you don't know anything about the industry. How does the industry work? So you can't come in demanding a hundred grand because that's what you fucking the the. The internet when, said when you, you deserve that. When much. you Google marketing manager mm-hmm. on Google, it tells you you should be on ninety five grand a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like that because you haven't put in time in the industry, you haven't put in time and effort, you haven't built your way up through that workplace, and you haven't shown any results or any um, any. What's the word I'm looking for? Any promise or results? Promise. Yeah, result. I guess results is the thing. Like well, you haven't come in, thing, you yeah. come, haven't come in, and you haven't transformed the profit from. Two million to three and a half million in in the twenty four months you've been there, mm. you've come in and you're demanding something straight away, and then complaining about your pay when you actually haven't delivered anything. Yeah, yeah, and that, so that's what I mean, you know. And even if you look at, you know, do you think the CEOs of the world, the big, you know, the guys making the the billions of dollars, do you think that they got there overnight? You know that they've they've put in years and years and years yeah. of work. I don't know any any CEO of a company that's pretty much stepped straight in. Yeah, um, and he's earning those millions of dollars. You know, they've it, done look, an it apprenticeship. Ha- it happens. It happens. But what happens? happens to and them? it happens every now and again with you know startup businesses mm. as well. It does happen. Yeah, don't get it twisted. But, but there's no there's most no, of the time it doesn't. No, no, exactly. I can't think of one where they've started earning money straight away. Can you think in of terms any? of business startup? Yeah. You, you no, there's there's never a situation where you I mean, go straight you, into you, the black. You look at these businesses. You look at these businesses like yeah. Uber, like yeah. like look at Amazon, man. How long has it been around Jeff, for? Yeah. With Jeff, but like like even like Uber and, yeah. and these kind of businesses is, I mean, like, um, Gary V knocked back Uber mm. twice. Mm. Like he wouldn't even invest in it. So mm. Uber had that initial raising capital stage where yeah. where the owners wouldn't have been the guys who were in the red. It. They wouldn't have been making any it. money. They, yeah. they were fucking knocking on doors, pleading on investors to give the money to to yeah. launch their business. So even if you look at your big brands like Uber, which is worth billions of dollars now, mm. is they started off with with the owners not taking a wage. They wouldn't be making any money out of it. Mm. So what what do you think? I'm going to ask you guys the same question that I asked for the, the fitness side because I want to see if the answer is the same and, and I actually don't know what the answer is. But what do you think in terms of business, in terms of career development, in terms of work, what do you think causes the lack of patience as as distinguished from the realistic and unrealistic expectations? So once again, assuming that somebody is able to differentiate between what is realistic and unrealistic, they understand the realistic expectation, but they still don't exert patience. There's, There's such a correlation and crossover between, you know, fitness and business here, it's not funny, but yeah. it comes back to the same thing that, you know, I'll use the, the example of, of an employee like I, I used a few minutes ago. Yeah. He's coming to this job yeah. and he's been employed. He's got a job, awesome, fresh out of uni, fresh out the gate. Mm. Um, and the guy who's got a similar role to him in a, in a business mm-hmm. is earning 90 grand a year. Mm-hmm. So he thinks straight out the bat, you know, he deserves that $90,000 a year because that's what that guy's getting. Mm-hmm. That guy's been in the in the industry for 15 years. He's experienced. So all of a sudden he just he's compared himself to that person. Mm-hmm. And he goes, right, well, that person is getting $90,000 a year, so I deserve that $90,000 a year because we do the same role. Not understanding that that guy's been doing that work and has the knowledge of, of things that he's learned across that 15-year period of him being in that job that he's picked up along the way. So his knowledge is... Sure, he went to uni as well, but his knowledge is so much more because he's gone through, the, as we spoke about before, that process and gone through that journey of 15 years to pick up that knowledge. So, again, it comes back to comparing. Um, like like Steve said before, he's comparing yourself to someone else and thinking that yeah. you, or just because of that, that you're justified to earn that money. 
So I, I think it does come back. Even, There's even, a lot of that crossover. Even in our, our industry, is I know that a lot of people used to follow us on on social media, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say it was probably like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Remember when we used to do NFL time in the warehouse, mm-hmm. and we used to throw the football, mm-hmm. and we used to mm-hmm. go training together, and we used to do. Like, there was a lot of we didn't. No one, no one thought we actually worked. No, that's the thing is nobody thought we worked. They thought we trained all the time. We thought we threw the NFL ball. They threw, thought we kicked the footy out in the street. They yeah. thought we. I don't really know what they thought we did, but the thing is, we didn't. We didn't Not show a whole lot. We didn't do anything. <laughs> we didn't, show, we didn't show a whole lot of the working aspect yeah, of what we yeah, did. Well, I guess yeah. we still don't to, to as much. But yeah. but the thing is, is, people thought, oh, look at these guys. They're, they're sitting there. They're, they don't really put in any time or work. Um, they, they're driving nice cars. They've got a good physique. They they we're living the dream. Pretty yeah, much, you live man. In, you've got your own warehouse. You you've you've got all these brands coming that you distribute now. So, like if they can do that, I can do it. So you reckon, I think you're both kind of going down the same path. You reckon that the lack of patience is a result of just comparison? Man, it's, but it's, it's, it's just also comparison seeing, without understanding the behind the scenes. But it's fact. also seeing where, where, and I think another thing is is also money and lifestyle is, yeah. is probably the biggest thing yeah. on par with that is, yeah. is people will see, um, fuck, I don't think I know off the top of my head, someone that's got a, a fancy car or yeah. they, they, there's always those clips you've seen with the Lambos and the big houses in Beverly Hills and, and those kind of things. And they're yeah. always, it's, they're not owned by guys working the cash register at Target. Yeah. It's from the the business owners, it's from the, the CEOs, the 10K a day CEOs, it's, mm-hmm. from, it's from those kind of guys. Number forty eight at Facebook, but the thing is, is that these guys are in high paying positions, and and they're generally your own own businesses, whether that is your own real estate company, your own property development company, or your own supplement company, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, guys could look at someone like um, Aaron Singerman, for example, mm-hmm. and he's constantly posting his. his or, uh, don't see too much of his stuff, but I know he's got his Ferrari and he's got his cars and stuff and yeah. and he's got his nice house. And the thing is is that they think, oh, I can just go start a supplement. How hard is it to throw a few ingredients into a tub, make a pretty label? Mm-hmm. It's just going to sell itself and then mm-hmm. give me give me two years and I'll be driving that Lambo around as well. Yeah. Is that people, yeah, look at um, – It's a comparison. The thing, they're comparing some of them and, and they, their main goal isn't to – help others or it's not because their main goal is, is money mm-hmm. is to live that lifestyle that they're not currently living mm-hmm. um, I mean but that's the thing is I know um, like I listen, listen to a lot of Gary V, and he mm-hmm. says that, that money isn't his driving factor mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial lifestyle is, is his factor Yeah, but the thing is, is I'm sure that if something he was doing wasn't working, he'd still be trying a million different things until he found the one that fucking took off for money. Like mm-hmm. he's not doing it just because he's to give him something to do each day. He's people and that's the thing is people aren't doing it because they want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. To live to because they've got entrepreneurial tendencies and, and those kind of things. They're doing it to get that break that gets them that million dollar a year and those kind of things. Is money is is the end goal. So you reckon you, you think very, very similar to fitness, but you're saying that you think a reason for the lack of patience is once again people chasing destinations. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And trying to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah. And when they don't get there as quickly as they want to get there or as they initially thought it would take them to get there or whatnot, that's when they get frustrated. Yeah, and they and they change direction. And they, but the thing is they get away from the process. You know, yeah. it, even it's the same thing is, you know, if you want to have that job that pays you 250 or 300 grand or whatever it might be because you think that's going to solve all your problems and you're going to be happy at the end of that. Yeah. You have to understand that there's a process to get there. There's knowledge that you have to pick up along the way. Yeah. 
to actually get you to where you can sustain that job. Mm. You know, you might, you know, you might, you know, fluke it and get there, but all of a sudden people realize that you've got to that 300,000K job mm. or whatever it might be. Mm. And all of a sudden they realize that you're a fucking dumbass because you didn't pick up anything <laughs> along the way. And therefore, guess what? You get fired. Yeah. And then you're back at square one because yeah. you didn't follow the process of picking up all that knowledge along the way. And mm. like I said, you know, people can go to uni, they can pick up a little bit of stuff, but how much of that actually relates to working in the real world? You'll use tools from it all the time, but learning on the job is number one here. So, you know, when you're working in business or working for someone else or, you know, you're running your own business, you have to understand that there's knowledge that you're going to pick up along the way through years and years and years of working mm -hmm. that you that's money can't buy stuff, you know, that, that you're going to need that to sustain whatever job is your destination. So that's the important thing here that I think a lot of people get away, get uh, away with. Uh, I think, I think a lot of it is, is our gen, the generation that's coming through as well. Yeah. And it is lack of patience in, in, in as we said before, it is, is I, I just think that our generation lacks patience. Like you said, no one has to wait for anything anymore. Yeah, and, but, but, and the, but once again, I'm going to ask the question why. It's pretty obvious that that's, that that's the whole topic of this mm. podcast, right, is we yeah. see lack of patience in pursuing health and fitness goals. We see lack of patience in pursuing business and career goals, right? So that that's happening. But, but, My question perhaps, is why? Perhaps it's because not enough people document the process of how they got to where they were. You think? So I mean, once again, if you're talking about comparison, people are just comparing to the wrong things or comparing and not understanding the whole journey or the whole facts. Or But that's why I'm know, saying the, I think a lot of it is to do with, with social media and everyone posting their highlights. It's hot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. If people go to my Instagram page right now, I'll show them what I want them to see. Yeah. They'll see my new motorbike. Mm -hmm. They'll see my Range Rover. Mm. They'll see... A trip to Bali, or yeah, they'll see. You've it. got a pretty good highlights reel, man. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, never think, never listen to me. Yeah. The thing is, is they'll see that kind of stuff. They'll yeah. see me as the general manager of Massive Joe's or whatever, and they'll say, "How is this fucking dumb fuck with a shaved, <laughs> with a shaved, with a shaved head who struggles to get a sentence out most of the time? Like, how is he in this position?" Right. Like, but the thing, but they don't see like what I've gone through to get to a general manager. They position. didn't see you yeah. packing the orders seven years yeah, ago either. See, and I, no, that's the thing is, Joe, I was here with Joe sometimes seven days a week, mm. and I was working retail stores seven days a week when we didn't have enough staff. And mm. I was, I remember once I went one day off in twenty eight days. Mm. Is I didn't have days off, and I was always there to help with the um, seminars, events. events and yeah. and I've missed one come and train in seven years. Yeah, is those kind of things. Is I put in effort and I put in time throughout mm. the years, and also in terms of with sales is I've had results in terms of the the sales numbers and the growth of the business come through. I mean, obviously, it's a team effort and, and mm -hmm. if things are growing, then everything's going to grow. But the thing is, is I've had results over the years. A lot of people wouldn't be privy to our meetings, obviously, mm -hmm. or, or our KPI meetings each week and see the, the growth the business has had or, or, or Steve uh, implemented this or Joel implemented this and Joel got these seven accounts which, which increased the, the business mm -hmm. growth by a million dollars. People don't have that kind of information and, yeah. and see what they've done. And what they provided, or what value they provided to a business, yeah. And they think that I've just come in off the street, just a kid who knows how to deadlift or whatever, or whatever well, they do now. And you are. <laughs> but that's the thing, like they, they don't understand what I've gone through, or what I've done, or the results I've provided mm. to massive. They don't Joe's. understand the journey. Yeah. yeah, they don't understand the. Process. And it's because I haven't. I'm a, but like everybody, nobody really documents their journey of where they came yeah. from. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to throw a, a little curveball in here for you guys um, because this is something that's been on my mind a fair bit with regards to business and career development. I think, and I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys have said because I 100% agree that 
the lack of patience in the work environment is caused by, firstly, comparisons, um, comparisons without the right background information. And once again, focusing on destination and, and goals as opposed to journey and processes. But I think that there's also another piece of the puzzle that ties in exclusively in work that possibly doesn't apply to the fitness is lack of confidence. And let me just kind of phrase that. Let me just, just put that in context for you guys. I think if you start a business, for example, and you have a realistic expectation of how long that business is going to take for you to, to reach certain goals, you do goal setting, so on and so forth, and, and you get it. And then you start putting in work and you're not getting the results that you expect to get by certain different time periods, by certain different checkpoints. If you're not a confident person, you're going to start self-doubt. Yeah. You're going to start questioning yourself. You're going to start going, fuck, maybe I'm not cut out for business. Maybe I'm not cut out for this managerial position that I'm in because I'm not, you know, doing what I need to be doing. I'm not getting the results that I expected to be able to get by these certain different checkpoints. And I feel that that creates a little bit of a self-doubt feedback loop that pushes on lack of patience and lack of exerting patience because you start putting pressure on yourself to reach certain goals, to get to, to hit certain milestones by different checkpoints. And if you're not hitting them, you start going, fuck, Maybe I just don't have what it what it takes. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this, especially when it comes to to, to the entrepreneurial side of things and running your own business side of things. And I think that's a huge or, impact on lack of patience. Or not having confidence in your decisions from the from the very outset though as well. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I yeah. remember when I started working at Massive Joe's, I told you we needed retail stores. Yeah. You were dead set on Online, or not dead yeah. set, but yeah. you, were, you were very firm on just online. Master has been online business. And I said, no, yeah. do you need retail stores? Yeah. And I we went and found Donut Court, which is the flagship store. And yeah. then from there, it's ballooned. And now we're, our goal is 30, 40, 50 retail stores. Yeah. The thing is, but I had confidence in my uh, idea to you, mm-hmm. which is where you had, which gave you belief, which we went and followed on and it's paid mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if I didn't have confidence, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously by now, seven years later, we perhaps would have looked at retail stores. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is, is if you don't have confidence, and even like Joel, if Joel, when you went and started your gym buddies, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were a bit not real confident with talking to potential clients and talking to potential members, yeah. or you went real outgoing, I mean, you'd be sitting there in a fucking empty gym, mm. bloody, I don't know, touching yourself. <laughs> like the thing is, <laughs> well, you do that anyway, but the thing is, <laughs> that, yeah. the thing is though, that like without that confidence in yourself, that confidence in your services you can mm-hmm. provide is it's not going to work from the no. very outset is is you do need to have that self-belief and that self-confidence. And it's But the thing is, man, is it's one thing to say it's very, very difficult to exert confidence and eradicate doubt, especially when it comes to career progression, business 100%. progression. I mean, I, I, but I mean, that is, probably, that is probably where you need self-awareness and self-awareness probably becomes the biggest part before you got in that. Well, uh, yeah, and there's a balancing act between, you know, just being overly confident and well, even, heads, even in, head in the clouds. Even if you say that though, man, yeah. like overly confident can lead to downfall as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're overly confident to the point where you actually are really shit at something. Yeah, and you back yourself in 100%. <laughs> you back yourself yeah. 100%, but you're actually really shit at it, but yeah. you just don't have the self-awareness yeah. to understand that you're shit at it. 
you can go too far in that direction. 100%. But what I see, and, and I'm coming from a business owner's perspective more than probably an employee's perspective, but what I see in the business ownership world that, that I've been exposed to is self-doubt leads to lack of patience, which leads to lack of consistency, yeah. which leads to running around in fucking circles accomplishing nothing. Yeah, 100%. Big, big deal. And it's difficult, man. Like, I, you know, I think about my business journey and the number of times that I've had to protect my positive mindset and just stamp self-doubt the fuck out of my mind because I get to points where I'm like, fuck, man, like maybe I can't get to the next level. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe I'm just – maybe I just don't have – the leadership qualities, the managerial qualities, the, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe I just don't have that. And I'm very quick to just mm. knock that the fuck out of the park. I think that's why, though, like not everyone in the world is, you know, built to be a yeah. business owner yeah. because you need to be able to, when that self-doubt like starts appearing in your head, you need to stamp it out. Yeah. And you need to, you need, like Steve said though, you need to be aware of of what's what's actual doubt and what's a reality, right. but you need to stamp that out quick. Yeah. And that's why I think there's some people that are built to work that nine to five where they, you know, if they doubt something, well, okay, no worries. You're yeah. still going to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the people who are, you know, the, the Fortune 500 owners, the people who make the big dollars are not afraid to when that, that self-doubt comes comes in to, mm. to understand it mm. and stamp it out when they need to and and obviously use it when they need to at the same time. And if, you know, they're doubting a decision that they're going to make and it's actually a better one that, you know, that they'll they'll go, right, well, we're not going to do that right now because I just don't trust it. And also mm. how you react to your business failures as well. Mm. Um, I mean, there's that I was saying fail forwards is, mm. is um, but what have you learned from this experience? I mean, yeah. we've, we've had a few marketing, uh, probably marketing initiatives probably have been the biggest downfall, I guess, biggest learning curve and biggest failure from the massive joy's point of view that we've done recently, sure. things that just haven't worked, print advertising yeah. or sports team sponsorships, so yeah. those kind of things that just haven't yeah. worked out. Like, all right, well, now we know not to focus on that mm. and we know that we've dabbled in in athlete sponsorship or mm. bodybuilding. So this is the avenue we can go. Mm. We've crossed out, all right, that didn't work, put it down as a loss, but now because we've learned that, we're not going to keep throwing money into that. Yeah. Mm. We've learned from that experience and now we can put our money into here or this is our advertising dollars are working on online and they're not working in 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 uh, voice voice advertising or, mm. or whatever that may be is mm -hmm. if you do have a failure in business is learn from that failure mm -hmm. and adjust it is, is keep your confidence. You can't drop your confidence by that is keep yeah. your head up but then learn from that failure. But and then, yeah. I think that yeah, that comes down to that fear of failure as well, though, man. Mm. Everyone's afraid to fail. Where, you know, even like business, fitness, whatever it might be, mm. failing is not a bad thing. It teaches mm. you what not to do. Okay. You think, like Steve said, though, you need to learn from your failures yeah. and go, right, well, that didn't work. So yeah. I'm not going to do that again, but let's, let's, let's move a little bit and let's try something different and see whether that gets us to our goal there. So I think that fear of failure is a big thing with, with business as well because, you know, people, you know, they're afraid to fail. Mm. That's the thing you know, is, is like, uh, yeah, I think uh, failing, to, but I think that'll probably also prevents a lot of people from even beginning in the first place. 100%. I mean, someone like yourself, Joe, who, yeah. who had his law degree and had your engineering degree and you had your honors. I mean, you're very, and you'd already made a, uh, a start in mm -hmm. the fields that you studied in. Mm -hmm. And then if you were worried about what people thought of you, A, leaving your field that you'd studied for eight years or 10 years or however mm -hmm. long you studied for, mm -hmm. leaving that field and then starting a supplement company when mm -hmm. people were like, what the fuck are supplements 10 years mm -hmm. ago? Nobody yeah. really knew what they were. Like, yeah. what is Joe fucking crazy leaving a law degree and a job at Santos to go? Yeah. 
a lot of people would have looked at you and thought this guy's fucking Man, nuts. I, He's no, on. This I, I was there. A lot of people fucking did. <laughs> He's on six figures. Um, but the thing is as well is if you start self-doubting yourself, as you said as well, self-doubting yourself, think, fuck, what if this fails? People are going to know me as Joe who left the job to go start Massive Joe's and yeah. what are people going to say when my Massive Joe's doesn't take off and mm-hmm. what if Massive Joe's goes out of business and I've got to tell everyone when they ask me how does it go or went out of business or it didn't mm. take off or those kind of things. And keep in mind, it didn't take off mm. for no. a long time. <sighs> Fuck, if you want to put numbers on it, probably the better part of like six or seven years. Yeah. You know, before we really started getting some traction. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, man, but, you know, likes to, man, people, there were people that, you know, Joe and I were training together when, yeah. you know, Massive Joe's started and when he said, man, I'm going to like dive into this full time. Yeah. Mm. And I had people come up to me all the time saying, man, what's he doing? He's mm. finished his, his degree and he's not using it. <laughs> yeah. Who is this crazy Who's motherfucker? It? Who is this idiot? You know, he yeah. spent, you know, and sends it to him. Yeah, he spent the best part of what, like eight years, was it? I think eight years, yeah. At uni, at uni and all yeah. of a sudden he's not going to use it. Well, right. you know, I think, you know, if you look back at it now, it's like, well, it's it's paid off all right. It yeah. was the right decision. But, yeah. you know, you didn't know that at the time. Correct. And there would have been so much doubt going through your head to go, why am I leaving this job where I could be making some really good money as a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden I'm going down to, to work down for peanuts really because, you know, you're paying yourself. Yeah. Um, so that self-doubt's always going to be there. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that, they're the only people that get it. Like everyone is going to doubt themselves. Even mm. the most confident people in the world, there's always going to be that self-doubt, even if they don't let people know about it. Yeah. Everyone has it. You just have to understand what to do with it. 100%. And I just, you know, I, I, you guys have done a really good job of explaining it, which is why I haven't said much for the last few minutes. <laughs> which is, man, I think it's a good thing if we can get him to shut up. But no, but it's, but it, you, you're, you, I mean, you guys have, you've nailed it. You know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 self-doubt and the tie-in between allowing that to creep in, allowing that to affect your confidence, that therefore makes you not be patient, that causes you to lack patience because and, – and then it compounds, right? So you don't start to get the results. You don't achieve the results you want by certain, certain points. And then self-doubt creeps in. And then you're not achieving. And then more self-doubt creeps in. And then you're not achieving lack of patience, and then you go and change direction because you just can't take it anymore. Yeah, and then and, you're back to square one and again. And then you're back to square one because you're starting to lack consistency. And the 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 I think there's just such an overlap, especially with business ownership, between this, this, this confidence creeping in of self-doubt, lack of patience, lack of consistency, and the whole thing fucking snowballs. Mm, especially with, with starting out the business, though, is, is that self-awareness of knowing when to implement patience and when yeah. to – Put your foot down when, and work. Yeah, that's it. The thing yeah. is, if, yeah. if is if you were at Massive Joe's and you started Massive Joe's and you had thirty thousand dollars worth of stock, let's say, yeah, which we know isn't fucking a whole lot of stuff when it comes to supplements. <laughs> yeah, but if you had thirty thousand dollars stuff and you didn't lack that patience and thought, nah, fuck it, I'm going to go um, hire a shed or hire a warehouse. Yeah, when really you don't need it, you yeah. can just run it out of your mm-hmm. your bedroom or mm-hmm. you can put it in your garage mm-hmm. or. You can see if your grandpa's shed has a free shed, you can go put your subs in. Mm. You're not lacking that patience and and not putting that smart business move forwards of, well, yeah, okay, if I'm just a little bit more patient and wait till my inventory, you know, get a bit more money coming in, mm-hmm. then in two years' time, then I'll look at getting my first messenger's well, warehouse. Man, we see it in the industry all the time that, you know, that the businesses go, man, I, I need to get from from here to here quick. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that patience to go, man, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i go from, you know, 10 to 20 stores over the next five years. Mm-hmm. They want to go from 10 to 20 in the next two. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, they go and mortgage to the hilt just to mm-hmm. get all these stores open and all mm-hmm. of a sudden 
they're they're on their ass and they're you know they're scrounging for their last dollar because yeah. they didn't have the patience to go man we can do this over ten years and still make money and especially Dude. not wanting to put in that initial effort as well yeah. I mean you, as once again I'll bring I'll bring you up and say look when you first started Master Joe's if you started yeah. getting a few orders twenty thirty orders it could have been easy for you to say oh I'm going to go employ employ Joel to come and yeah. pack those twenty orders but just yeah. go fucking do it yourself yeah you don't need that extra there's an extra four hundred dollars a week or whatever how many twenty man. twenty hours a week that you got Joel to come back orders well if you just did that yourself there's 400 bucks a week you're saving. Yeah. Of course, for you, there's 20 grand you saved and you put put towards that warehouse in two years' time. Yeah. It's funny just to go back to what you were saying, Swole, is um, with like number of stores and whatnot. Mm. You know, we, I've made it pretty well known publicly what our kind of plans are with the retail stores and the fact that, you know, we're going to roll out in Melbourne effectively what we've done in Adelaide over the next three to five years. Yeah. And go, you know, from the one Melbourne store we've got at the moment to, to 10 to 15 to, you know, until we reach saturation point might be between 15 and 20. And when I tell people that that's like a three to five year goal. Yeah, I can't understand it. They're just like, fuck, man, like how are you, how, how are you, you know, planning on that long a period of time? You know, like I honestly think like the expectation is to do that in 12 months. Yeah. And, man, we, like, but we know that, that that's <laughs> never going to happen. No, of course not. Of course and not. And like I said. But, you, and then at the same time is, you know, I guess because probably now because of the business experience that we have in terms of bricks and mortar retail to look at that exclusively mm-hmm. and specifically is we have so much confidence in what we're doing now mm. That I'm able to plan over a three to five year period and just chip away at things yeah. and be consistent. And I just have the in- inherent confidence that it's going to work. Yeah. But the thing is, man, if you look at the, what we've just done, spoken about there, is yeah. if you didn't follow or enjoy the journey of opening yeah. up two or three stores a year, yeah. you wouldn't have the experience to say, well, this is what we're going to do and this is going to work. Yeah. So, you know, that's where it's really important to have that patience and enjoy that journey yeah. because it gives you the experience to go, right, and it, it, getting back to confidence, it gives you the confidence to make the right decision where yeah. you could go, man, we can do 10 stores in a year. We yeah. can do that one every month, no yeah. problem. Where you're just really flying by a whim, you don't have any experience there. You're no. just sort of, you know, throwing that number out there and going, now nah, we can do that. Yeah. But, you know, that's where, like we spoke about with the fitness stuff, it's really important to have that, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process because it's going to give you the experience that you're going to use later on. So, I mean, this brings me to my next question for you is is for new businesses that are starting out or new yeah. entrepreneurs that are looking at, what are the biggest uh, faults they may have or or stumbling blocks that may occur? Roadblocks. Roadblocks mm-hmm. or errors they may make in their first 6, 12, 24 months of, of business. Look, there's a lot of – I can go like drill real deep down into specifics here and we can talk about, you know, cash flow, we can talk about staffing, we can talk about, you know, those sorts of real issues. But I think from – I mean, if, if it's if it's just a, your average yeah. – uh, let's just say we've got a, a 20-year-old guy here, a 21-year-old guy here yeah. Yeah. who's yeah. just finished his mm-hmm. – uh, Electrician apprenticeship, yep. must size electrical company, sure. something like that. We're not talking about a person who's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, you know, a general high level type answer that really ties into what we're talking mm. about here with with patience mm. and consistency. Obviously, be patient is is the first one, um, but then it becomes okay. Well, how do you exert patience? Mm. And I think probably the the biggest piece of advice that I can give to someone who's looking at starting their own business is make sure that what business you're choosing to go into, you are truly passionate about because that's going to pull you through everything we've spoken about thus far. That's going to pull you through 
self-doubt, eradicating self-doubt. That's going to pull you through lack of patience. That's going to pull you through all of these higher level business stumbling blocks that you're going to come across, not just in the first 12 to 24 months, but you know, continuously, mm-hmm. continuously. And I think that this really kind of ties into the the consistency part of, of business and career development and work that I want to talk about real quick is the only way for you to maintain the level of consistency that you need to maintain to be successful in business or work. When we talk about fitness, we're talking about if it fits your lifestyle, right? That's kind of how we sum that up. When it comes to work, it's it has to be doing something that you enjoy. Mm. It has to be, you know, if, you, if you're in business ownership, it has to be doing something that you're passionate about. If you're an employee, it has to be doing something that you look forward to doing because then once again, it becomes more about the journey than it does the destination, which ultimately is going to allow you to be consistent with your work or with your business for a sufficiently long enough period of time to achieve certain levels of success. Mm. And then once you achieve those levels, once again, it's like fitness, right? The bar moves, man. Mm. You know, what your goals may be at the moment in terms of career progression or business goals, whatever, you know, whatever they may be in five years, when you get to that five-year period... They're going to change. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Just take the hypothetical that we took for fitness, yeah. right? When you achieve your ideal physique, then what? All right, when you achieve your career progression goal or you achieve your business turnover sales figure or whatever the fuck your goal may be by that five-year, 10-year, 15-year period, then what happens? Mm. You stop working? No. You move the goalpost. <laughs> you move man. on to the next yeah. one, right? So once again, it comes back to understanding that the journey mm. and the process and the things that you're doing day to day on a consistent basis far outweigh any goal that you could possibly set and any goal that you could possibly achieve. And the only way that you're actually going to be able to be consistent and you're actually going to be able to enjoy the journey and get more out of the journey than you are the destination is if you're doing something that you enjoy, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, if you're doing something that you look forward to doing every day. And I think it also comes back to with that, man, is if you enjoy what you do, you must know a little bit about it. You know, whether it's no matter what it is, you would have studied up on it, you've enjoyed, you know, you enjoy reading about it, whatever it might be. It's going to give you the confidence to know, you know, what sort of stuff you're going to be in for every single day. Yeah. You know, that's where the confidence thing comes into it again, that, you know, it's not just about the process and enjoying what you're doing, but you're going to know what you're doing. If you're, if you know what you're doing, you're going to be better at it. You're going to have the confidence to make the right decisions Mm. in that particular field as well. So I think that's really important. You know, that confidence thing that we spoke about before is very, very important Mm. um, because it it, it means you're not going to throw the bundle in just when the first thing goes wrong, because Mm. like, you know, everybody knows the first two years of your business is going to be the hardest Mm -hmm. you know it's always going to be hard you're always going to be grinding it out but those first two years you know what the average most businesses that people start won't last two years Mm -hmm. so in those first two years what is the main reason people will go out of business Man, honestly, that comes down to what we've spoken about. That you know, they don't have the confidence to endure the the tough times. You know, as as soon as things start to get rough, the seas start getting you know tough. They go, well, shit, let's go back into port. uh, Because I know what I want to say here, but what what is the reason though? At that two year mark, you say, no, I'm pulling the pin. What's the reason? Well, there's a couple of reasons. The first reason is that you haven't achieved what you thought you would achieve by that two year mark, Mm. right? So you lack patience. You Mm -hmm. lack resilience. Mm. The second reason is 
once you understand that you haven't achieved what you thought you would by that two-year mark, there's nothing keeping you there, mm. pushing you along, mm. which is lack of passion for what you're doing. Mm. I think that those are probably the two main reasons why you get to a certain level when you pull the pin, mm. right? So, because what other reason would you have for continuing, mm. right? You had a, you had we'll use the two years that you've given. Mm. You've had a two-year goal, right? You set that goal with a realistic expectation. Mm. You mapped it out. You planned it out. You you know had confidence in mm. the way it was going to pan out. It hasn't panned out. You're now at that point. What other reason is there for you to continue down that path other than passion? Mm. And that reason that most people will go out of business is because what we said down before is cash flow and money. Yeah. Is people aren't getting that money that they've seen on Facebook or they've seen on Instagram and and that cash flow to live that lifestyle they want to well, live. Well, it can it, it depends on the business, right? So you're you're talking about you know a capital enterprise, right? But if you're in the business where that may not be a big driver for you, let's say that you're in a charitable business, for example, mm. or you're in a business where um, you know you're you still have to earn a livelihood, though. Yeah, you do. You do. But I'm saying that whatever that may be, mm. you know, you've specified cash flow and profitability, mm. but whatever you're measuring your business success by mm. doesn't really matter. Mm. The, the thing that does matter is once you get to a certain point and you haven't achieved success by whatever marker you're using to measure success, the only thing that's going to allow you to keep pushing, the only thing that is going to continue to drive you towards whatever it is you're trying to achieve mm. is passion for what you're doing. If you don't yeah. have passion, you've got nothing. Marinda, all right, Joel's passionate about fitness. Yeah. He's, he's been a personal trainer at Brighton Fitness yeah. for five years and yeah. he's been earning two and a half grand a week yeah. at, uh, doing doing your hours because you, you charge a hundred bucks an hour. So mm -hmm. you, you earn two and a half grand a week. Oh, that's one. Man. He thinks, fuck, imagine this. I don't like working for them because I'm giving them my money or whatever. So I'm going to go start buddies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go start your own gym. Mm -hmm. Thing is, is, you have to be aware though that when you go and start buddies, once you've got your equipment and all those kind of things, mm -hmm. which is a big outset to begin mm -hmm. with, is let's just say you've got a loan for 60 grand to go get the equipment. The thing is, a lot of people, Joel will go there and he'll start earning maybe maybe because a lot of the members won't come over, you'll start earning a grand and you don't have the patience mm -hmm. to try and build up the business to go and get up to that two and a half grand. Mm -hmm. The other issue is as well is you're getting that two and a half grand but then you're failing to forget and he's like, all right, business has got two and a half grand coming in, I'm mm. taking two and a half grand out a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the issue is, business doesn't work like that, no, The issue is, is you're not realising that you have to take out rent. Yeah. You have to take out your own business insurance and your, mm. your own building insurance and you have to repay that loan of the equipment that you've purchased. 100%. You have to pay the cleaner, you have to pay the security company. And you pay yourself last. Yeah, so that's the thing is, and I think this is what I'm saying, yeah. is that most businesses that get into um, strife mm -hmm. is, they pay themselves first. is they pay themselves first 100%. and worry about everything else last. Mm -hmm. yeah. They go and live that lifestyle mm -hmm. and they think, fuck, look at all this money coming in, pocket, 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 new ski boat, new jet yeah. ski, yeah. new all the shoes yeah. is to go you do all those things first and then no it'll come, to, it'll come the to the start next month and yeah. fucking fuck I've got to pay the rent tomorrow and hammer strength hammer strength sent you the bill for yeah. $4,000 for that month for those yeah. hammer strength equipment yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have any yeah so I mean that's the thing. Or is, what's what's worse, the tax offers come chase you exactly because you've made all this. Well, that's it. You know, so, then, yeah, you, well, not even profit. You've been turning over all of this. You've yeah. got a massive GST bill. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, fuck! I didn't even bass, think about that. Yeah, and, and, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your bass bill due. Yeah. Um, we've seen that. We've seen that wipe out mm, businesses. Yeah. The yeah. Supplement business in Australia. And that's the thing is multiple times. And that's where you're lacking patience again to yeah. build up the business mm. to where 
and you, yeah, you're not, you're not, you, you, and even for guys who perhaps were in a in a bricky or yeah. brickies, and they've just finished their four years and they go start their own bricklaying business. Yeah. That's the thing; they're used to getting eleven hundred bucks or whatever, or if yeah. they're or if they're like obviously not as a fourth year, but as a full time um, bricky, they're probably getting like twelve. 1500 bucks a week. So they yeah. think that if I go do my own thing as well, they forget they got to pay the bricks. They forget they got to pay, well, it depends on who gets bricks, but the cement, mm. all those kind of things. Mm. And then they go do that and then they they send their bill to the to Hickenbotham. They pay you for the job. They take, oh, there's fucking $10,000 for this job. Put it in my bank. Well, I've forgotten I have to go pay for the four guys I had working for me. Mm-hmm. I've got to pay for this, got to pay for that. And they, what was that saying you say about money? Uh, he says a lot. Turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's probably the biggest yeah. issue I've seen as yeah. well. Is yeah, and especially in things like like landscaping, for example. And that was the biggest thing for me to have to manage mm. when I was landscaping. Is mm. I didn't never have any loans. Yeah. So I had ten grand, which I went and bought a two and a half or three grand ute with, and then you buy your tools and you buy your wheelbarrows yeah. and you buy all those kind of things. Then you need money to actually pay for the materials for the first job up front. Yeah. And the thing is, okay, if a builder, builders are fucking shit at paying. Thing is, is I can't be taking money out because then I've got to go pay for those materials. If I did get them on in, on credit, you've got to go pay those materials, or they're not going to give you more materials, and yeah. they're going to send the debt collectors after you. Yeah. But I've just taken that five, that ten grand that I've charged that business for, and just pocketed it and gone put it on a fucking supercharger on my Malou. <laughs> <laughs> But it is true, though, but man. It's what, you, but that's the thing is what most businesses do is, they'll, is yeah, they don't actually realise that, fuck, I've actually got to pay myself last here. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, any profit that you make, you know, you should be reinvesting in that business to mm. get you through. And it's better to have it, you know, if you've got money in the bank is a hell of a lot better at the end of the month, you know, yeah. rather than, you know, having a new a new uh, supercharger <laughs> on your Malou, for example. And right? you have to be realistic that probably for that first two years is you're going to be making 250 bucks a week. Mm. If that. Mm. Well, man, you, you pay yourself what you need to get by. Yeah. And invest the rest you know, of it back you, in you the You have business. to realise that you're not going to be getting $1,200 a week straight up. Yeah. yeah. Unless you've hit the jackpot somehow. But mm. the thing is most, most businesses are going to struggle for mm. the first six months, 12 months, 24 months. Um, I'm sure with, with you, you fucking, it's hard to well, pay. Well, man, your, we said before, you know, it yeah. took seven mm. years to get it, yeah. you know. Mean, most people after get shit, yeah, get a bit of traction. Yeah, most people yeah. after you know they're not going to stick it out for seven years. After yeah. two years, they're going to go, oh man, I'm not making any money. I'll go back to my job as a lawyer, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly the same situation. Mm-hmm. You go, man, I can make a hell of a lot money more money than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried this out. Yeah, it's all well and good, but I'm going to move on. Not sticking it out, you know, and then realizing that you know you're 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 on the cusp of becoming something great. Mm-hmm. Um, you've just got to stick it out and endure it for a little bit longer. And that's yeah. that's the, where it comes back to just being patient, you know, rather than after three years go, man, it's just not working. Especially stuff like with, with Joe, for example, if, if you're in the first year of business or anyone in the first year of business and you've gone and sold, all right, I've sold 10 tubs of protein this week, yeah. 10 tubs of gold standard whey or MTS whey, there's 100 bucks, there's there's $1,000 I've just made. Mm-hmm. They don't think, well, I've got to pay, yeah, obviously GST on that. Mm-hmm. I've got to pay, uh, I've got to pay for the actual product in mm-hmm. the first place, which cuts... 70, 60, 50% out. Mm. I've got to pay to actually ship it to the customer. Mm. I've got to pay my eBay fees. I've got to pay my PayPal fees. I've got to pay, there's that many things you have to pay first. Mm. You haven't just made $1,000. You probably made $300 when it comes if down that, to it. If yeah, that, if that when it comes down that. to it. How do we, how do we, how do we uh, wrap this up, guys? How do we, uh, once again, I like, I like, you know, to, to round out our conversations by giving practical advice to I, listeners. I think so that if you're listening and you're either you own your own business or you don't, you're, you're interested in career progression, you work for someone else. 
how do you get through this lack of patience and this lack of consistency? For me, man, it's just all about, and in both yeah. your business and fitness, it's just understanding the process mm. and enjoying the process. Mm. That's the biggest thing for me is, mm. you know, don't think about where you want to be in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Think about the plan and how you're actually going to get there. Focus on the journey. Focus the on the journey, not the destination. Sure. You know, for me, that's so prevalent in both. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to get caught out thinking, well, man, you know, in business, I've got to be making, you know, 250K or yeah. 300 or whatever it yeah. is, yeah. you know, don't put a number on it and go, this is what I have to be doing. And once I get there, I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the work you have to put in to get you to that that job of whatever it might be or yeah. that fitness goal, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the process of actually doing it because you're going to pick up so much more in experience in that journey yeah. than what it's going to be when you get there. Yeah. That's focus, the biggest thing for me. Focus on the journey. Keep your goals in mind, always, but you don't have, have them to. as a focal point. No, enjoy what you're doing because that's going to allow you to enjoy the journey, and, and you're going to be able to do it for journey, And you're going to be consistent with it for a sufficiently long enough period of time mm. that before you know it, you're actually going to reach the destination. Yeah. But you're not going to give a fuck anyway no, because the destination is going to change anyway. And then it, once again, it becomes about the journey. Yes. Would you agree, Neve? Yeah, and I think just being realistic about how long the journey will actually take. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, always like the, it's always the first step. But like the what we said, like what we said and the same as fitness, is be realistic with, yeah. with what your physique's going to look like after a year. Yeah. Is be realistic with what your income and, and where your business is going to be at but, after 12 months. But yeah. also, man, understand that that journey, yeah. like we said before, that's never ending. Yeah. You know, the goalposts, as we said, they're always going to change. Always so moving. you think your five-year goal yeah. of getting you to your physique mm -hmm. and then once you're there, you're going to be happy. You're not. Mm. It's going to change. It's going to move. So understand that you have goals. Once you reach them, they're going to move. Mm. So you're going to have to keep – they're always going to be fluid. You're going to have to keep evolving with the goals. So don't say, you know, you've got this five-year plan. So for me, once I get to 39, that's it. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Okay? So understand that. That's really, really important. Mm -hmm. But be realistic of where – what it's going to take to get there as well and and whether it – and the thing is if it fits your lifestyle, I think also comes down to business in some regard in terms of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. The thing is if you're – um, working uh, for for a company, getting six figures, mm -hmm. and you've got your C sixty three Mercedes, mm -hmm. and you've got your you see your personal trainer twice a week, and you go out for brunch every day, and mm -hmm. you, and all these things which which cost a lot of money. Is does it still fit your lifestyle to have to sell your car, have to no go out for lunch, to um, not go for your weekly massage, to not go for all these things out for dinner with your mates twice mm -hmm. a week? Is you're not going to be able to do that shit as an in entrepreneur the first few years, in the first few years of your own business. Man, and, yeah. But the thing is, is it worth being unhappy and miserable of getting rid of those things that you love and enjoy? Yeah. Is it worthwhile getting rid of that to... to Call yourself an entrepreneur. Call yourself yeah. an entrepreneur, 100%. <laughs> and really, that's usually the trade-off, really, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Is, I mean, for someone like yourself, yeah. it's paid off dividends for you because you've gone from that job where you were paid well yeah. to not having anything. Yeah. But the thing is, if you had a C63 Mercedes at that stage as well, you would have had to get, probably have gotten rid of that. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, or you would have had to get rid of it. If you just say you owned it outright and you didn't have to pay a loan though, is yeah. the thing is if you owned it outright, you probably would have had to sell it to get put into cash. the business, to yeah. put into the business. Definitely. But for me, the journey, and still is, mm. always much more important than mm. the destination. Mm. And I think, you know, that 
That's the thing, but, that's uh, look, thing is, but, if, but if, if getting rid of that stuff's going to make you yeah. miserable, then it's not worth. Then it's not worth it. it. Just same as we said about eating yeah. broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. If eating broccoli is going to make yeah. you miserable, if not sitting in your CCC three every day and not yeah. going out for lunch with your mates and going out and fucking spending hundred yeah. dollars on piss on a Saturday, it's night. going to make you miserable. You're not going to be consistent. Mm. You're going to pivot because you got lack of patience because the journey's shit mm. and you're chasing a destination. Mm. It's mm. it snowballs, man. Yeah, absolutely, it's man. all connected. Hundred percent. So I think you know if there's one take-home process for the viewers and the listeners in both fitness and business because now, like, they're very – I think there's a lot of crossover there, There's a lot of crossover, yeah. The first step is the realistic expectation. Yeah. Right? In both fitness and business, figure out what is actually realistic. The second step is acknowledging that the journey is always more important than the destination. And in order for you to enjoy the journey, you have to be doing something that – is enjoyable to you. 100%. So from a fitness perspective, it's if it fits your lifestyle. From a work perspective, it's a combination of if it fits your lifestyle and doing something that you enjoy, that you're passionate about. And then the third step is understanding that the destination is always going to move. Mm. When you reach particular goals, look at the hypothetical of, look, I reached that goal at some point in time, then what happens? Yeah. And I think also just point four is implementing self-awareness. Yeah. Always. And always. also, you know, understand that the, the seas aren't always going to be smooth. Yeah. You know, it's it's always, it's going to be ups and downs and you're going to have to ride that shit out. Yeah. You know, the a boat's, you know, safe in the harbour, mm. but that's not what those boats are designed to do. That's right. So, you know, endure the shit. Mm. It's going to get tough, mm. but you're going to have to stick it out. Mm. Good way to wrap it up. I like it. What an episode, episode 10. I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped for this episode. And we just finished. Fuck, did we record again? Let's do it again. <laughs> Big Neve, Big Swell, mm. thank you guys for your time. Appreciate your guest. insights. Yeah. Hey, fucking guest. <laughs> I am the host. You are the guest. Let's just establish that. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode of the Massive Joe Show. As always, if you have enjoyed listening, you've taken value from this episode, we would love it if you would share this on your social media or in person. Just share the love, man. Mm. Spread the love around. Yeah. Get some love around this Massive Joe Show podcast. Fellas, thank you very much. You got anything else you'd like to add? No? no, I'm good, man. Well, Swell, you want to tell us where we're coming from, man? Massivejoes.com. Stay massive. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Massive Joes Show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Massive Joes Show, ensure that you give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, we're coming to you from MassiveJoes.com. Stay massive.